You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. If you've been following the Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, Ukraine calling for uh, German tanks that are throughout Europe. Only issue is uh, German has to okay all of that, where they've sold these tanks to people to be used for other purposes. It looks like Germany has given Poland the go-ahead. However, it appeared Poland was going to send them anyway. How many are there of these throughout Europe? Are other uh, nations going to jump on board? Let's bring in Arl Brown, Professor of International Relations and Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto and is with us now. Arl, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Thank you. So give us a bit of an update here. Uh, Germany has uh, agreed to let Poland uh, send these tanks. Is it just Poland that's going to send them at this time? There are many other countries that also have the Leopard 2 tanks, and they are likely to follow the example of Poland. But what is really crucial is that Germany should move on this as well. They have large reserves of tanks. They have at least uh, 300 of these tanks in storage that could be shipped. The sooner they do it, the better. I think the whole issue was very clearly stated in stark moral as well as practical terms by President Zelensky of Ukraine when he said, while you in the West are thinking about it, that is sending these tanks, the Russians are killing us. So there's extreme urgency. Every day that a decision is delayed uh, costs more lives in Ukraine. So Germany has agreed to let other allies use their German bot tanks, but not necessarily sending their own. Is that about to change with this increasing pressure? Why is Germany delaying this? Will they jump on board soon and, and really help? The government of Olaf Scholz at first seemed to have taken a dramatically different turn from the previous one in terms of helping Ukraine, of changing German policy, where it was basically demilitarizing rather than carrying its fair share of the defense of NATO. Uh, he called it a Zeitenwende, uh, promises of large-scale expenditures on military upgrades, on reaching the 2%. And then he really slowed down. And he seems to be someone who lives by the opinion polls. There is this kind of extreme timidity. One can understand caution, but timidity can be very harmful in international relations because Vladimir Putin takes advantage of that. He sees a vacuum. Now the pressure has increased on the outside and in uh, Germany itself. And there are some reports, uh, we don't know if this will prove to be correct, that the Biden administration, which hardly has done all it could and has been slow itself, it may be providing some M1 Abrams tanks, which it has been unwilling to send so far. And uh, even though publicly the Germans have denied us, privately we have considerable evidence to show that the Scholz government said to the Americans, we will not send our Leopard 2 tanks unless you send the Abrams. So who's going to go first? They may get cover from the Americans. The next couple of days will prove to be crucial to see if Ukraine gets the significant number of tanks it needs. Poland will only send over about 14 tanks. It's symbolically important, but substantively it's limited. Uh, Poland said it was going to do it either way. Uh, does this force uh, Germany's hands in order to, uh, because of that decision? It 
definitely increased pressure on Germany because it was both uh, an example and an act of defiance. Uh, when these kind of armaments are sold, there's usually a stipulation that you cannot mm. reassign them, right. that the exporting state is able to control that uh, for, for very good reasons. And so that to be really exceptional circumstances. And what Poland has been saying repeatedly, and there was this morning a very moving speech by the Polish prime minister, where he said, you know, these are a vast number of lives at stake. We have to do something. We cannot stand on the, on the sidelines. And even though Germany has increased the number of weapons that it has been sending to Ukraine, and in fact, the aid has been substantial, it is not nearly enough. You have to look at this in terms of what Ukraine needs. And you have to look at the Russian threat. The Russians are mobilizing more forces. They may be engaging in a new spring offensive that could be massive. Ukraine cannot match the numbers, but they have the morale. And if they have the quality of the armaments, they can do the job. It's as Britain said in the Second World War, give us the tools, we will do the job. What about reaction uh, from Russia t uh, to these tanks being awarded? Because obviously they were trying to discourage this. Russia has bluffed its way, has drawn red lines repeatedly, none of which have meant very much. Uh, they have threatened nuclear retaliation. They are saying that they're going to burn these tanks. They've thrown everything they have at uh, Ukraine. They have moved, as I noted before on your show, from a war of aggression to a war of terror. And consequently, even though the West has to take every Russian threat seriously, especially a nuclear threat, and we have to employ our deterrence, we cannot really afford to have Russia dictate policy. Uh, no, I, we've only got a few seconds left here, Arl. So what do you think the chances are that in, in, in a short period of time that Germany itself will actually send these tanks? How far are we from there? We are at the tipping point, and we will see in the next uh, few days or, or a week or two what, what will happen. The pressure on Schultz is, is really telling, and it seems that uh, after he runs out of every implausible excuse, he does the right thing. Hmm. Arl Brown with us, Professor of International Relations and Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. Uh, Poland sending its German tanks to help Ukraine and Germany may follow. Arl, as always, thank you for the time. Be well. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.